You can see here that the silver price uh, spiking a little bit higher in the last hour. And we can see similar chart in gold. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcade Economics on Tuesday morning, July 18th, where we have a little bit of a gold and silver rally going, which we will dig into today, as well as some of the other recent news that has come out. And interesting because what started as a relatively flat day in the gold and silver prices, we've seen a bit of a rally developed as we've gone throughout the morning which leaves silver above the $25 level and gold above 1980. So silver not far off from its highs of the year, about a dollar away, got to 26.20 earlier this year. And nice to see a little bit of a spike higher in the silver price. And it's interesting because so far on the morning, the dollar index basically just about flat. Although as we will take a look at in just a moment, can see that a lot of the rally over the past month has coincided once again with a decline in the dollar. So certainly seeing a bit of a correlation continue there, which has been the case over the past months and years with the Fed nearing the end of its rate hiking cycle, we believe. Uh, in their last meeting, they were suggesting two more rate hikes, although probabilities factoring in that it looks like that might be one more rate hike before the end of the cycle. Again, we have the Fed meeting coming up in just about a week, which will be next Wednesday. So obviously, markets guessing what will happen then with a quarter point rate hike largely priced in for next Wednesday. Markets pricing in that that could be the last one of this cycle. And we'll take a look at those probabilities in just a few moments. But again, you can see here that the silver price uh, spiking a little bit higher in the last hour and we can see similar chart in gold where price back above 1980 and if you take a look at the three month chart of the dollar index you can see it was around July 5th and 6th when it was up above 103 has fallen three points down to below 100 again as the Fed getting perceived to be close to the end of its rate hiking while some of the other central banks around the globe continuing to indicate that they have more rate hikes to come. Again, we saw the PPI and CPI come in lower than expected last week, which led to a bit more of the rally in gold and silver and left the odds of the second quarter point hike a bit lower. So taking a look at the gold and silver charts, you can see here's July 5th and 6th where Gold actually got below 1920, and that's quite a rally in just under two weeks. Again, let's call the low here on the futures chart 1916 and up at 1986. So $70 rally in gold just under two weeks. If we take a look at silver, we see a similar trajectory. Here we are on the fifth at 2330, got down below $23 on the sixth. And now the September futures price currently at 25.35 as we're recording on Tuesday morning. So just about $2.50 higher as the metals continue to trade inversely to the dollar. That's something we talked about last week when I did that interview with Dave Kranzler of what's really driving these prices right now. And 
Obviously, we've mentioned that there's the deficit in silver supply and demand. We've talked quite a bit about the inventories on the LBMA and COMEX, which continue to go down. Although for the most part, we see that a lot of the price movement in gold and silver continues to be dependent on what the Fed is doing, what the dollar is doing, and traders reacting off of that. Obviously, if we run into further issues with the silver supply, you would think at some point that would play more of a factor into the pricing. Also, there is the rumors of the BRICS nations going to a gold-backed currency in their August meeting this year, which we will touch on in a little bit because, to be fair, I would say that's less than confirmed. We did have that story from RT, although we'll take a look at that as well. But for the most part at this point, again, the gold and silver price is still largely being driven by the Fed policy and the response to that from the other central banks as implied into the dollar index. Certainly something that we will be keeping an eye on going forward. Taking a quick look at the ETFs and COMEX data, here you can see that even on the recent rally, which you can see in the gray line here, we've been seeing metal come out for the most part of the ETFs, obviously going back to last year when you had the big price decline, a lot of silver came out of that. And a little bit surprising that on the rally that began last September and October going back here, which we saw bring silver over $24 to the beginning of this year and then up to $26 later on, have not seen metal go in there. Similar pattern in the gold market, although at least in March and April when the price of gold was rallying, did see gold go in there, has been coming back out on the recent decline. And one of the things that's interesting is that if you take a look further back, you can see there's been a fair degree of correlation between the amount of metal that has gone into these ETFs and the price. Here we're looking at the gold chart and you can see how the blue line, again, showing the amount of gold in these ETFs, pretty closely correlated, except for what we've seen in the past half year, where here price of gold taking off, and there have been some points where we've seen some inflows of gold, mainly those months during the uh, banking issues earlier this year. If we take a look at silver going back on the 10-year chart, you can see maybe a little bit less degree of correlation, although from 2016 until 2022, we've seen it fairly correlated, yet that pattern breaking as we saw the price begin to rise back in the fall, although the metal has still continued to come out. So suggesting perhaps that there is not a lot of mainstream participation from the funds and institutional investors that often use the ETFs as their way of gaining access to the metals prices. So. When that will change, we shall see. I would say the sentiment in general, not particularly strong, perhaps more so on the silver side. Obviously, when gold was back over $2,000 a few months ago, seemed to be a lot of coverage popping up about what was going on in the metals. And that's something that we've seen every time gold has gone over the $2,000 level, that there's a lot of interest. And well, is there really a huge difference between 1990 and $2,010. Um, perhaps not, but in terms of the psychology of the market and the attention these things get, certainly we did see a shift there. 
in silver, I would say the sentiment even poorer than gold, where a lot of people still feeling frustrated in silver, not a lot of money coming back into the sector or certainly the mining stocks, which remain on the lower side. We've also seen a slowdown in the retail activity in both gold and silver ever since the banking issues died down. What does it take to change that? Certainly, I think there will be some impact when we see gold go back over $2,000. Again, if we have more banking issues, which I think there's a good chance of that happening later this year or early next year, that certainly has the potential to spark more interest in gold and silver. And of course, whenever the Fed does begin to reverse its policy, despite what they've said about further rate hikes, they continue to also state quite clearly that their own economic projections forecast rates being full percentage point lower in 2024 and over a percentage point lower than that in 2025. So it will be interesting to see how the gold and silver markets respond when that finally does happen with the potential for some big moves finally coming after the market sees that, wait a second, this idea that we're just going to beat inflation and everything was fine. And to see the Fed cutting rates again, I think will be quite an event for the gold and silver markets. And does that happen this year or next year? Perhaps the actual timing of it less important than the fact that there are reasons that it's safe to assume that's coming, least of which is that you see less international interest in buying U.S. treasuries. And with the Fed pulling back while deficits and debt loads getting even bigger as the interest expense on the debt also grows, necessitating the Fed to come back in. So obviously, these are the type of things that we will be keeping an eye on. A few news stories to go through. We had this one that mentioned came from Reuters a couple of weeks ago. Countries repatriating gold in wake of sanctions against Russia, a study finds. They did not name particular central banks here, although their survey showed a substantial share of central banks were concerned by the precedent that has been set. While 68% were keeping reserves at home, one central bank quote anonymously said, we did have gold held in London, but now we're transferring it back to our own country to hold as a safe haven asset. Obviously, the big one that came out just about 10 years ago, I believe it was 2013, was when Germany asked for its gold back and the Fed said, we'll give you 10% over the next seven years, which perhaps does not set a uh, confidence building precedent. And of course, when we look at what's happened with Russia in the past year and the concerns of sanctions being used that could be applied to any country that doesn't get along with U.S. governmental policy, perhaps understandably so, leaving countries a little bit nervous about holding their gold outside the country. And just something to keep an eye on as we continue to see a world dividing up almost between West and East. And at the same time, we see that happening. This one came out back at the end of June. It was traveling during that period, so did not get to mention this, but wanted to point out the Moscow World Standard, which we heard a bit about last year, has made plans to start trading its perpetual gold futures in July. Obviously, we're in July now, and interesting to see that ahead of the August meeting with the BRICS, which perhaps is not to say conclusively that the two are connected. But again, you continue to see a move towards infrastructure for gold to trade freely in the East, as obviously Russia had and many of their officials have 
quite vo been quite vocal about their dislike of the pricing mechanism that we have in the West between the LBMA and the COMEX. With this coming ahead of the potential move of the BRICS to introduce a gold-backed currency, and one thing I've tried to be pretty clear on here, as we've mentioned it on the channel, no Vince did a video about that as well last week, and just want to say that while we've heard rumors and suggestions that the BRICS could be launching some sort of currency move, it is a little bit less than certain. Certainly, is it possible? Yes. Although even the RT story that came out just about a week or so ago, a little bit less than conclusive. And here's an article from Jan Neuenhaus, who writes for Gainesville Coins, that did a good job of pointing that out. Because as he writes here, the RT story that came out was based on a tweet by the Russian embassy in Kenya. This was not directly from the Russian government. And he mentions how the tweet that RT was referencing that was sent out, again, came from the Russian embassy in Kenya and was referencing an opinion piece written by Joseph Sullivan for foreign policy. That was certainly an interesting article, but not citing official sources. So it's a weird one because RT, obviously, state-sponsored media in Russia, which certainly could make you wonder if this is something that the Russian government wanted to be published, although... Again, if you actually take a look through the sources here, certainly less than official. Does that mean that it is inaccurate? Again, we'll find out on August 24th, but just wanted to point out that there's been a lot of divergent coverage of this. Obviously, the first note we heard about this was when Jim Rickards wrote about it uh, about a month ago, and I found it interesting the way that he phrased his article where he didn't say there was a possibility. He was pretty adamant going out and saying that this was going to happen, wrote a follow-up article to that, which talked about the implications of it going through. Certainly, Jim is a pretty well-connected guy with a lot of banking experience, and I would say someone that could potentially know if something like this was coming. And then certainly with the follow-up piece from RT, a worthwhile data point, although we did have some counterbalancing data come out. Here was a tweet from South Asia Index, New Delhi, in a major blow to the BRICS. India has backed out from creating a common BRICS currency for trade. Here's an article that talks a little bit more about that. Although all other countries constituting BRICS, including Brazil, Russia, China, and South Africa, seem to be on the same side of issuance of a common BRICS currency, India seems to be the only country that has not shown interest in the plans to launch a new currency. External Affairs Minister S. J. Shankar in a press conference said that India has no plans for BRIC currency. He declared a month before the summit that India might back out from the from creating the new currency and they are focused on strengthening their rupee. So again, just a little bit of divergence in some of the things that I'm reading, seeing and hearing about this. Although, fortunately, we're on July 18th today, so I guess we'll be finding out in not too much longer with the meeting scheduled from August 22nd to August 24th. Obviously, another thing to be aware of is what actually happens should they announce something. The actual construction of how it's set up will have a big part to do with that. Is this something that is actually you can take this currency and convert it into gold? Is it something just where the governments are able to redeem gold? Obviously, the details of this will have a lot to do with what any potential announcement could imply. 
although perhaps also worth noting is that let's say that next month comes and goes and there's no announcement about the BRIC currency. I don't know that that necessarily means that it's done. Certainly, there seems to be a lot of effort and intention towards creating something that would reduce the dependence on the dollar or eliminate use of dollar in the BRICS nations. And whether a lot of the speculation is premature, I don't know that that would necessarily end any move towards doing this. Again, from what I've seen out of the Russian government, it seems like Putin does not often say things that he does not plan on following through with. So I do think there is quite a lot of motivation to figuring out some solution. Maybe it takes longer than expected, but even if we did have the meeting come and go next month without any sort of announcement, I don't think that will be the end of what we're hearing. So either case, just wanted to point out some of the things that are going on out there and note that perhaps this is less than fate accompli. And one last note, as I mentioned before, just wanted to show the current pricing here is the odds for the rate hike in July next week, up to a 97% chance of a hike, 3% of no hike. Although if we look at the probabilities further out, you can see it's become a pretty heavy favorite that that will be the end of the hiking cycle with the markets now having moved back the probabilities of the first cut to March of 2024 and showing as many as five cuts favored throughout the year of 2024. So again, we'll find out a bit more about that next Wednesday at the Fed's meeting. And I would think if Jerome Powell at the meeting or in the press conference indicates that this might be the last cut, should get a nice reaction in gold and silver. And before we wrap up, wanted to thank First Majestic, who has brought us today's show. They as earlier this morning, they reported some high-grade exploration results in their Mexican operations at San Dimas, Santa Elena, and Jarrett Canyon. You can see at San Dimas, at 8.38 grams per ton gold, 763 grams per ton silver over 3.88 meters, 1498 and 89 over 4.12, and 5.41 grams per ton gold, 883 grams per ton silver over 5.69 Santa Elena came back with 4.27 grams per ton gold, 127 grams per ton silver over 13.3 meters, 5.98 and 222 over 15.55 and 13.73 and 150 grams per ton gold over 6.42 meters. And also at Jarrett Canyon, where they are continuing their exploration results, got 5.61 grams per ton gold over 61.2 meters. 4.74 over 24.4 and 8.04 over 12.2 meters. Note here from Keith Newmeyer, president and CEO of First Majestic, says the recent drilling has accomplished multiple goals from confirming new geologically prospective areas to achieving strong intercepts for resource to reserve conversion. Results from Elia and Santa Teresa veins at San Dimas highlight the potential to add new high-grade ounces within this past producing area. And at Santa Elena, the rates the results from the Ermitano vein are in many cases better than expected and will provide a solid foundation for reserve replacement. Also at the Javelin target at Jared Canyon, they've, appear, they've identified what appears to be another large mineralized gold pod near the underground infrastructure and further showcases the strong exploration potential in that asset. So congratulations to First Majestic on the news.
And with that said, going to wrap up for today, but getting ready to record tomorrow's show, have David Brady coming on to join us. So look forward to seeing what he has a little bit and going to wrap up for here. Hope you're having a great day out there and I will see you again tomorrow.